You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Evil spirits and Christians. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about today. This is Charles Rodas, your host of Everything Apostolic. Thank you for uh, joining with us, and it's exciting to be with you today. This is part two uh, of at least a two-part, maybe three-part series. And uh, so, yeah, again, we're going to talk about evil spirits and Christians. Now, if you didn't hear part one, you probably need to go back and uh, find that. Uh, that was dated July 23rd, 2023. Okay, we're going to take a look at uh, a few more scriptures here today. 2 Corinthians 11 and 14. I believe we touched on this last time. We're going to talk a little bit more and we're going to go deeper into the subject. What does Satan look like? What does the devil look like? What does Lucifer look like? Okay, you, you might be quite alarmed at what he does look like. Uh, we're going to show you by scripture. Uh, many don't know what I'm getting ready to say, but it's very important that you understand what he looks like so that you can identify him and not look like him. Amen. So last, last one, uh, last, uh, I want to say person, the last whoever, uh, spirit, don't want to look like him. All right. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now, he was an angel of light. He was an angel of God. That's right. But he was cast down, as we mentioned in lesson number one on this series, Evil Spirits and Christians. It's very important to know that he does not want to lose that image. He wants to keep that image, but he wants to keep it in deception. Yes, he wants to keep that image in deception. What image is that? As an angel of light. That's right. He could appear to you tonight in the middle of the night and uh, wake you up and speak to you as a bright being of God. And you won't even know that it's the devil. You won't even know that, that it's Lucifer unless you know what the Bible says. Otherwise, you may be deceived. Why? Because he can appear to be as an angel of God, as an angel of light, because that's how he was created. He was created as a very, very beautiful angel. Again, he's not an ugly angel. He's nothing that would scare you if you saw him. <clears throat> but he is a very beautiful and was a glorious angel, if I could use that term. Now, I want to show you something else about him that you may or may not know. Very important here. <clears throat> I'm going to turn to Isaiah. Chapter 14 and verse 16. Isaiah 14, verse 16. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the world or that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? 
Now, we need to understand here that God is speaking, of course, through the prophet Isaiah, speaking in reference to Lucifer, the fallen angel. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee. In other words, we're going to look at him uh, on the day of judgment, and we're going to just like squint our eyes. It's like, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? Is this is this the devil that we've been afraid of so long? Is this the is this that Satan, that Lucifer, that we heard about him all of our life that we've preached about, and we were so afraid of, and so many are afraid of him? Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, nations? Come on, is this the one? Yeah. That's we're going to look upon him and we're going to just wag our heads like, oh, my, is this really this wimp? This weakling, he is nothing to be afraid of at all. He might be beautiful, but that doesn't mean he's scary. Doesn't mean he's big or strong. He's very limited in what he can do to you. Very limited to you. That's right. Very limited in how he can approach you. Or, or do anything to you at all. Uh, very, very limited. Well, uh, yeah, the world is going to be amazed when they see Lucifer on the judgment day. Quite amazed, uh, because so many are preaching about him as being something that he really is not. But let's go to Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen. Read a couple verses here in Ezekiel 28. Now, this here will describe how Lucifer was made, how he was created by the Almighty God, and, oh my, how wonderfully and beautiful he was created. Ezekiel 28, starting at verse 13, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now, again, this is in reference to Lucifer. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. What? Every precious stone was the covering <clears throat> and is the covering of Lucifer. Now, again, I don't want to look like him. I don't want to appear <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to look like him. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, and the diamond. <laughs> uh the beryl, the unks, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. <laughs> gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee. In the day that thou was created. Wow. Verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Now, here I'm actually proving what I said a few moments ago about him being very beautiful. God made him beautiful. And this is why he can 
appear as an angel of light. All right? He was in the Garden of Eden. Every precious stone was his covering. Now, uh, Tate, now the, the day of this uh, podcast today is Sunday. And I went to church today and I wore a suit. It was my physical covering. All right. But Satan, Lucifer's covering was the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onks, the ja- and the jasper, the sapphire and emerald and the carbuncle and gold. The workmanship of thy tabards, tabards and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Now, let me tell you something here. Satan's greatest power, uh, his, his, virtually his almost only power, because he does it so well, and that's his ability to speak. It says here, and of thy pipes, the pipes was prepared in thee. Satan has such a voice that it's like the voice, like the ability or like the sound of pipes or that of an organ. Praise God. Pipes of an organ. Uh, The old-fashioned organs that would put forth such an amazing sound. He is able to harmonize all by himself. He is, he is the greatest ventriloquist that has ever spoken words. That's right. He is able to impersonate your own voice to you. He is able to impersonate the voice of God to you. That's right. He can mimic the voice of God. And if you're not careful, you'll think it is God. And this is why so many people go off into weird doctrines and false doctrines because they say God told me. And in their mind, that settles it because they're not going to have any other influence. They're not, they refuse to have any other influence. So they say God told me. And so they did that to let you know, oh, no need of arguing with me. No need of telling me anything because if God told me, who are you to tell me different? But see, this is a voice of deception. Because Satan, or Lucifer, he is a ventriloquist. That's right. He can put anybody on his knee that lets him, and he'll set him up there, and he can impersonate the voice. He can throw his voice. He can speak without moving his lips. That's right. He can sound like anybody that he needs to sound like. Again, he can sound just like you to yourself. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Lucifer... This fallen angel was created with such pipes and such a voice, again, that he could harmonize all by himself. And why would he be interested in imitating your voice? Well, to bring condemnation to you. If you live in condemnation, you'll do little or nothing for God. He'll bring up your past. He'll bring up your failures. He'll bring up your many mistakes. 
and he'll use your own voice in your own mind. When you think it's you accusing yourself, it's really him. Oh, I'm not saying that you don't have the ability to think. No, no, no. But sometimes, and and, and, and I don't believe that see, Satan is not omnipresent and he cannot be in two places at one time. Only God can be everywhere at once. Satan can only be in one place at one time. If he's in the, in the town where I live, Hammond, Indiana, he's sure not in Austin, Texas. He's sure not in Canada. You know, he's not in Rome, Italy, if he's here in Hammond, Indiana. But you know what? He may not even come to this earth too much because he is he is the prince and power of the air, the scripture says. <clears throat> he rules from the atmosphere. And he has a lot of these fallen angels that are subject to him. And they are, some of them are archangels, no doubt, that have fallen. And they are they have certain ranks, just like our United States military has soldiers with ranks, all the way up to what five-star generals, I believe. Well, hmm, that's a high-ranking, ranking uh, military person, and uh, I believe, no question in my mind, that uh, Lucifer has imitated what he has seen on earth because he doesn't know everything. He doesn't know the end from the beginning. He's not equal with, with God. Oh no, not in any form at all, but his pipes. That's right. That's why you have to know the word. My friend, if you're not a student of the word, it's a, it's a good possibility that at some point in your life, you will be deceived. Mm, yeah. I said, if you're not a student of the word, you need to just stop reading the Bible all the time. Here, let me say that again. You need to stop reading the Bible all the time and start studying the Bible all the time. Because there's a lot of people that read the Bible and they never get revelation. But when you spend, uh, you know, you spend a month every day for a month and you're studying a subject for a month <laughs> and you spent the last 30 days studying something. Listen, <clears throat> back several years ago, I got to studying a subject almost every day, almost every night. I will study at night you know, after work, but um, almost every night I studied this subject. I became so hungry to know more about it. And I studied it very thoroughly for, uh, boy, about, was it uh, three or five years? What, I think closer to five years. And I still study that, but I gave so much time and so much energy to the study of this Bible subject, okay? And this is the way you have to be. Otherwise, you're never going to know it for yourself. Stop relying on the preacher. Stop relying on the pastor to get you to heaven. You've got to save yourselves from this untoward generation. All right, praise the Lord. We're going to come back to this, uh, and I've got more to share with you. And uh, hang with me here. We're going to take a quick break. Hey, I want to tell you about my book entitled Satan, Demons, and You. Hi, this is Charles Rodas. I want to give you a few testimonies of others that have read this book. One is by Pastor Larry G. He says, great book. I have used these methods many times in Jesus name. I appreciate this book very much. 
Another one by He Chose Ni says, If you want to understand the enemy and how to fight a spiritual battle, this book will help you. This book with the scriptures to confirm what is written. Very easy to read. And another testimony by Shelley says, Every Christian needs this book. This man has great knowledge and understanding. I have read this book many times. Well, my friend, you can get this paperback or the Kindle edition on Amazon. Go there now and read more about it. Blessings. Well, praise the Lord. Thanks for hanging with me here at Everything Apostolic. We're going to get right back into the Word. So we've been talking about Lucifer. Okay, we talked Second Corinthians. We talked about him being transformed into an angel of light. Okay, and then Isaiah 14, we talked about uh, how the world is going to say uh, in astonishment how uh, and consider this man, as the scripture calls him, and uh, we're going to consider him saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? We're going to be amazed what a weakling he really was. And really, like I've been talking, the only or the main power that he has is in his ability to speak. Now, when I was a kid in grade school, I can think of maybe third, fourth, fifth grade. And I, you know, I was a pretty shy kid, uh, pretty much to myself, didn't say a lot, was not too outgoing at all, just just how I was. And I'm somewhat that way today. <laughs> you may say, how how are you like that when you're a preacher and you got a podcast? Well, the Lord helps me. Well, anyway, I remember as a kid, the bullies. And I remember the little bullies. I mean, they were half the size of the rest of the kids. Some of the, the scariest bullies in, in the class or in, in our grade were the small kids. But you know why they were so scary? Because they had such a voice. They spoke things that scared others. They intimidated others by the spoken word, their evil words. And this is what Lucifer does. He intimidates you. He will deceive you. He will scare, frighten you. He, he will lie to you. And it all happens by his voice because of those pipes that God created in him. Satan is decked out with gold. Oh, yes, he is. He's decked out with diamonds and all these other uh, precious jewels. Well, let me read another scripture from this passage. And that's verse 17, Ezekiel 28, verse 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Hmm. Okay, confirms again what I've been saying. Thou hast corrupted, thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Bright, he was a bright, shining angel. When when light would hit Lucifer, he had so many of these jewels about him that he was created with. That was his covering. When light hit him. Light went all kinds of directions with all kinds of rainbow-like colors. Oh, yeah. And it was very, very beautiful. And he was lifted up. 
His heart was lifted up in pride and arrogance because of his beauty. And, and I forget what those things are called that I know when we was kids, it seemed like everybody had one. And you put it up to your eye and you turn one end of it and had all these colors, uh, some kind of a scope. I forget what you call it. And, you know, it was just a really cheap little toy. And, you know, but when you turned it, it had all these colors. Well, that's it makes me think of Lucifer, how he must look like in his beauty, the way God created him. And he said, God says, thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Well, something, isn't it? I think we've got a good picture of what Satan looks like today. Very beautiful, but at the same time, very weak, very weak. Not uh, not as near as strong as what we make him. But his strength is in his voice and how he's able to persuade. He's probably the greatest salesman the earth has ever seen with going on 8 billion people on the planet. Look at the false religions, Islam. Islam is way bigger than Christianity. Um, look at all the other false religions, Hindu, Hinduism, and even the, so many Christian faiths that are not preaching the Acts 238 message. Why? Because of the voice or voices they've been hearing. That's right. Voices from the enemy to deceive. Angels of light, supposedly, coming in to reveal, but actually coming in to deceived. So I want to touch on, uh, just, just kind of turn the page a little bit, talk about <clears throat> something else here. And uh, we may pick this up, if I don't finish it, may pick it up in our next podcast. But Matthew chapter 12, if you're looking at your Bibles, Matthew 12, verse 43, 4, and 5, you know, really the devil's on the outside wanting in. He he wants to be inside you. He wants to be in your home. He wants to be in your money. He wants to be in your life. He wants to be in your job. He wants to be in your kids and your grandkids and your marriage. He wants to be in your relationships, in your church. He wants to take control of everything that is going on. That's right. Satan wants to take control of everything. Just like the scripture says um, in another place, the devil cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. Think of the good things in life that you appreciate. Family, hopefully you've got a good job and a good church, good marriage, children you love so much, and grandchildren possibly. Whatever those relationships are, how how much you love all of that and that's good and you should you should appreciate all of those good things thank god for them but i'm saying here today the devil wants in that he wants to disrupt the marriage disrupt your children's lives he wants to abuse your children he wants to abuse your grandchildren how's he going to do that you might say he's a falling angel because he's got he's got agents on this earth that listen to him he's got people on this earth that are child abusers Mm, that you might think that are good family members or people, other people that you could trust at the YMCA or the school. Who knows where they're at? You don't know where they're at. But there are, but, but Satan wants to defile your children. He wants to defile your marriage. 
He wants to defile and destroy everything he can. So let's read Matthew 12 and 43. Okay, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, now he says the unclean spirit, we're talking about an evil spirit here, has gone out of a man. He, he's been cast out by the name of Jesus. This evil spirit walketh through dry places seeking rest and finds none. He's, Jesus is teaching something here. He's letting you know how this can happen, how this can work. Then he saith, this evil spirit, this unclean spirit, says, I will return into my house. See, when you got saved, when you were baptized in Jesus' name, when you first repented, you were baptized, you were filled with the Holy Ghost, no doubt at that time, you were delivered of something. You may have not even realized that you were delivered of something. It could have been fear. It could have been anxiety. It could have been a cussing spirit. could have been a lying spirit. could have been an adultery spirit. could have been a thousand things that you were delivered from. And those spirits were cast out. They were driven from you. Okay? Because people were praying with you. Praying for your deliverance. And many times don't even know how it happens, when it happened. Because some of these spirits are so weak, they cannot even identify themselves when they depart. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord. He said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Hmm. Peeking in the windows, knocking on the door. Nobody, the, the windows are locked. The doors bolted shut. You know, uh, man, you, you check the back door. That devil can't get in. Well, the house has been, has been swept. It's been clean. It's, it's, it's empty of anything bad, and it's been garnished. But the main part here, it says it's empty, and that's good and bad. It's empty of bad because the devil was cast out, but it was never filled. My brother, my sister, you've got to make sure that you're filled with God, that you're filled with the Word. Don't leave yourself empty. Sure, you may drive the devil out, or you may be in a great church service, but don't go all week long and not pray and not study the Word. You don't, don't leave any empty places. Mm. Because the devil, he's going to ring that doorbell. He's going to knock on that door. He's going to have a disguise on. He's not going to come with some scary face, some scary costume. He's going to come in the form of a person. Could be on the job, somebody you meet somewhere that would try to deceive you. It may not always be doctrinally. It could be something else. See, but his goal is, he see, he's like a fisherman, a wise fisherman that has many lures and hooks and all this different type of bait that he's going to try to get you with. If that hook don't work, he's got a different kind of hook. He's got a smaller hook. He's got a larger hook. That's right. A fisherman knows there's small hooks for certain types of fish. There's bigger hooks for different types of fish. And there's different types of bait. Certain types of fish love. And so he tries all these baits and all these lures at night, in the morning, during the day, in the evening. All these temptations, right? Verse 45 again. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven 
other spirits. See, he came back to the house, but it was empty. It was swept and it was garnished. But God was not really filling that space. That God wants to fill that space. See, it's your job and it's my job to make sure that God is filling that space. Praise God. God won't do it without me inviting him in. How do I do that? We know how to do that. We do that with praise. We do that with worship. We do that with prayer and fasting and meditating in the word and studying the word. And Don't let it be a drudgery to you, but enjoy these things. It can be a wonderful and beautiful thing to live in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Amen it is. So what is it? Let's, let's start over again. Then goeth he and take it with himself. Seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. How they it didn't say how they got it, how these eight spirits now seven plus the original one, eight they enter in. How did they get in? They bust they bust the door down somehow. They got in not your physical house, the house of your spirit, that inner person of you, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first, even so shall it be. Also unto this wicked generation. The last state of that man is worse than the first. You know, when he was in the world, you know, he was a drinker, he was a cusser, he was a smoker, he was a gambler, you know, he was a womanizer, he was a lot of things, or she was a lot of things, whatever the case. But now that they've been filled with God, they but now they've just been drifting away and drifting away from God and drifting away from God. Then the Bible says those spirits, that one spirit can't come back in. He's able to resist that one spirit. He don't want that addiction again. But that spirit goes, gets seven more, more demon power, more spirits to come and attack that individual and take him or her over. All right. That's the weak Christian. That's what happens to the weak Christian. And then they backslide. They go into the world. All right. And the last state of that individual is worse it's like a dog that vomits and they go back years later they backslide and they go back and they eat that vomit again oh my it's like a hog that was clean clean and washed down with a hose and now he goes right back into the mud where he came from and that's how it happens with some people when they let go of god and they stop their praying they stop seeking god we don't have to live in fear There's nothing to be afraid of with any of this. Nothing to be afraid at all. I want to encourage you with that. Nothing at all to be afraid of. And I I think you know that. But for the few that may not, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why am I talking about this? Well, your knowledge is strength. Your knowledge of the enemy is strength. The United States of America spends untold millions, maybe billions, of dollars every year knowing their enemies, their arch enemies, maybe Russia, you know, China and other countries. We spend so much money. No doubt there are spies across the world that nobody knows that are United States spies seeking intelligence. Why? Because the, your knowledge of the enemy is strength to you. I'm not talking about Russia and China now. That's why I'm talking about this to help you because this is strength to you to know how to combat and how to win in this battle, in this war of the enemy. Well, thank you for listening to this message, the second uh, of two evil spirits and Christians and everything apostolic. 
don't forget to make a comment and uh, share this broadcast on your favorite social media. If you haven't given us five stars, we'd love for you to do that. That helps this broadcast grow. Thank you and God bless you. This is Brother Rodas. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.